We were turning final when the engine died. My student was a frosted blonde divorcee named Sharice McInerney, with all of six hours in her private pilot's logbook, who decided that learning to fly was an excellent way to show her plastic surgeon ex-husband that she was still every bit as alluring as that gold-digging cheerleader-turned-pharmaceutical sales rep slut he dumped her for. Cherise swiveled her ridiculously blue Malibu Barbie eyes toward me, wide with horror, and said, "'Fucking do something!' My plane, the ruptured duck, was three hundred feet above ground level, half a mile from the runway and dropping faster than the Dow in October. Charisse had extended too far downwind in the pattern and surrendered too much altitude, while I'd been stupidly mesmerized by the postcard-pretty coastline and shimmering sea of diamonds beyond, wondering how the hell I was ever going to pay for the two-thousand-hour overhaul due on the duck's power plant. I have the airplane, I said in my nothing-rattles-me-I'm-a-certified-flight-instructor voice. I grabbed the co-pilot's yoke with my right hand, yanked the carburetor heat control with my left, and brought the nose up to sixty-five knots indicated. Best glide speed in a Cessna 172. Then, I reached down between the seats, keeping my eyes outside the cockpit to maintain spatial orientation, and groped the fuel selector valve. It was turned to both tanks. The gas gauges registered more than half full, plenty of go-juice, yet the engine was deader than a resolution the morning after New Year's Day. Charisse was hyperventilating. "'I don't want to die, Logan!' she yelled into the boom microphone of her headset. "'Please don't let me die! Oh, Jesus! Oh, Jesus! Oh, Jesus! Oh, mother of Jesus!' "'Chill out, Charisse. It'll be okay.' Or, quite possibly, not." Ahead of us was a BMW dealership, a lumber yard, and a parking lot jammed with yellow school buses. Not the most forgiving locales to attempt what we aviators euphemistically like to call an off-airport landing, and what TV anchors refer to as a lead story. In a flash, I envisioned myself at the top of the evening news. An incompetent flight instructor and his comely student died today when their single-engine airplane... If the crash didn't kill me, the humiliation of my own inattention would. I glanced down at the mixture control, which is what I should have done to begin with. The red knob was pulled all the way out. Instead of easing back on the black throttle control knob to reduce airspeed, as she was supposed to have done, Charisse had inexplicably pulled the fuel-air mixture, effectively starving the engine of gas. I shoved the red knob forward hard enough that I thought for a second the metal shaft might snap in half, retarded the throttle control to a quarter inch, then reached across Charisse's supple thighs with my left hand and cranked the ignition key. The little four-cylinder Lycoming thrummed to life with a death-cheating growl. I eased back on the yoke, rolled in some trim and dumped full flaps as I kicked the rudder and banked the duck hard left, keeping one eye on the airspeed while clearing the roof of the Rancho Bonita Athletic Club by less than ten feet. We turned final with an eight-knot crosswind and touched down on runway one-seven left like a butterfly with sore feet. If the theater critics in the tower were watching, they never said a word. Cessna 4 Charlie Lima, where are you parking today? The controller asked pleasantly as we rolled out. Charlie Lima's going to premier aviation. My answer was met with scratchy static through the headphones. After a few seconds, the controller asked again, "'Where were we parking?' He obviously hadn't heard my response to his question. The duck's ancient, unpredictable communication radios were acting up yet again. 
I smacked the audio panel where I always smacked it with the heel of my hand, keyed the mic button on my control yoke, and said, Charlie Lima to Premier Aviation. Cessna 4 Charlie Lima, Roger, exit on Echo, cross 17 left and contact ground point 6. I repeated his instructions back to him, tapped the tow brakes, and jockeyed the plane off the active runway. After we crossed runway 17 left, I stopped short of the parallel taxiway and dialed in 121.6 on my number 2 radio. Rancho Bonita Ground, Cessna 4 Charlie Lima, clear of 17 left at Echo Taxi Premier. Cessna 4 Charlie Lima, taxi is requested. Charisse was gulping air like a gaffed tuna. Her eyeliner had run with her tears, painting a thin black stripe down each cheek. The effect reminded me of one of those annoying street mimes always trying to feel their way out of imaginary boxes. I've never been that close to death, Charisse said, and I don't want to ever be again. Well, Charisse, I believe it was Cicero who once said, anybody is liable to err, but only a fool persists in error. We learn from our mistakes.